Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm Katie Chesney, and you're listening to I Want to Be A, a show where we walk our starry-eyed job seekers through the reality of how to get their dream jobs or careers. And today we are talking with Vanessa Vesquez, Residence Life Coordinator at Alverno College. So Vanessa, what attracted you to this occupation? Sure. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. Well, thanks. Um, what actually attracted me to work at Alverno College in general is that I did my undergrad mm-hmm. at Alverno, and I started getting involved on campus. And I didn't know I was going to end up doing this position, but mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to work at the college. So mm-hmm. right after I graduated, I started working in the admissions department doing recruiting for the college. And after I did that for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. then a position opened up within the Department of Residence Life, which for people who don't know what a Residence Life Coordinator is, sometimes they're also referred to as a hall director, Mm -hmm. which pretty much it's uh, a live-in position where you live on campus again. So sometimes I tell people, uh, yes, I do live in a dorm building again. (laughs) But it's it's a great opportunity that if if you love college or you're a person that's always constantly wanting to learn, that you live in that environment. So Mm -hmm. living again on campus, the schedule is very flexible. So typically it can be nine to five sometimes, but Mm -hmm. there's lots of hours on the evenings and weekends as well. So as a current graduate student myself, that allows me some time for homework and personal time to have some evening hours, some weekend hours, that kind of thing. All right. And did you know that you you mentioned that you always wanted to work at Alverno? You didn't know that you wanted to be in residence life. So now that you're in it, do you like it? Yes, I actually lived on campus all four years, Mm -hmm. and I was a community advisor on campus, which is most other colleges or universities refer to it as an RA, a resident advisor Mm -hmm. role. So I took on that leadership role, and I love living on campus and putting on programming for students. And that's sort of how I got attracted to now taking on sort of a more supervisor role within Mm -hmm. the residence halls. Yeah, that's kind of how it how it evolved. So you said that you have some typical nine to five hours and you have some weekend and night hours. So could you walk us through a quote unquote typical day? Sure. Part of a a role of being a residence life coordinator is overseeing some of the student leaders on campus. Mm -hmm. So as I refer to some of the CAs or what people know them as RAs. So we have two residence halls on campus, Okay. uh, one for more incoming freshmen and one for some upperclassmen. And so we oversee 10 student leaders. Mm -hmm. So a day-to-day basis might be our staff meeting, which is usually about two hours long. We kind of do floor updates, what's kind of going on with the residents within Mm -hmm. the halls, that kind of thing. And then we might do one-on-ones with each student leader individually, just kind of checking in with them. How are they doing? How are their classes going? How are they managing being a student, working, and then taking on another leadership role on top of that? One of the big roles in residence life is also programming. So we put Mm -hmm. on programming for students who live on campus and for commuters. So managing their budget. So we kind of check in, like, how's your budget going or helping them with programming. Okay. So then during the day, we might have some meetings with other departments. We do collaborate a lot with student life on campus or Mm -hmm. advising, admissions, other departments. So some of that might be some of those typical, you know, meetings with other departments. Mm-hmm. Okay, so would you say that this is kind of like a standard for all jobs like yours? Do you think it varies much depending on the university or college that you're at? Within the Department of Residence Life, I would say that it, it is pretty typical, mm-hmm. um, kind of the same for every institution. It just depends if you have like a co-ed building or not, that kind of thing. Also depends on your number of residents. Mm-hmm. So at Alverno, we ha- we're pretty small, so uh, we're mostly a commuter campus. So we have, like I mentioned, two residence halls at about 250 residents who live on campus. Other institutions might have 
15 uh, coordinators right. since, you know, if they have 10 residence halls. Mm-hmm. And also since our for undergrad, we're in all women's college. Um, mm-hmm. That helps a little bit with some of the discipline and sanctioning that we kind of, some of yeah. the incidents that we deal with compared to like a typical, you know, co-ed traditional college or university where you have lots of young um, men and women college students mm-hmm. kind of mixed in floors, that kind of thing. Okay, so... You mentioned that you have the flex hours, but mm-hmm. as the year progresses, as you know, the school year starts and stops and goes through its cycle, does your schedule change as that progresses? I would say it would change semester to semester. Since mm-hmm. our students, um, their class schedule changes, so we kind of work semester to semester, I would say, with our on-call rotation, which what that means is since there's another residence life coordinator myself and between the director, we share sort of like on-call responsibilities to be on-call pretty much 24-7 if something was to happen mm-hmm. as the live-in person for an emergency. I don't know if someone has to go to the hospital or the police or anything like that, they get called. Then we share some of those responsibilities. So then you are pretty much on-call mm-hmm. 24-7. So we change that semester to semester depending on you know our personal schedules. If the other person's in school, if I'm not in school or work, personal life, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, but out of the on-call rotation, it's three of us and two of us share some of those responsibilities. And since we work very closely with the students that live on campus, a lot of our hours depend on the students' class schedules, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Of when can we meet, when all of that. So it changes. I want to back up here. You mentioned dealing with hospital visits mm-hmm. and the police. How often does that happen? And what kind of skills do you really need to make sure that those experiences are successful, both for the university and the college, but for the student, whoever else is involved in that? Yes, this is the fun part, I say. Um, we are lucky enough that at mm-hmm. Alverno, we don't see a lot of like those major, major sort of emergencies, I guess, that you might see at other institutions. Again, I think it goes back to being a smaller school, Catholic institution, all women's. That mm-hmm. does help. But we will see some, you know, uh, medical emergencies. Mm-hmm. So you definitely need some really good problem solving skills, okay. being able to think on your feet and what you need to do next. So let's say one of my students is really sick and they would call me right away. Probably one of my CAs would call me and say, hey, Vanessa, you know, one of my residents is really sick. She needs to go to the hospital. So right away, I need to think, I need to get her emergency card, mm-hmm. see her, her, who her emergency contact is, and then ask the resident if they would like for me to go to the hospital with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not allowed to drive residents to the hospital, but I can meet them there. Okay. Um, it's just part of the college policy to make them feel more comfortable. that There's a familiar face there until, you know, if it's mom, dad, or a significant other, that's their emergency contact until they get there. So I will meet them at the hospital make sure that, you know, they have an advocate on their part, someone that knows them. And so obviously good communication skills, because then I would have to um, call my supervisor and let her know. Mm-hmm. We do see some, you know, drinking violations, some underage drinking, you know, if it's typical of college students who mm-hmm. are under the age of 21, we will see some of that. Being in all women's college, sometimes we do see some of those self-injury behaviors, yep. you know, some of that. So some depression, cutting, it's really nicely to work very closely with our school counselor and be mm-hmm. able to have that person right away, as, be able to assist the resident and get them any help that they need. But yeah, sometimes I've contacted other people who work in other departments and residence life for other schools. And sometimes some of the violations they get to see are, you know, 15 to 20 drinking violations a oh, week wow. or um, sexual assaults, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that. So, you know, we have some theft if the residents don't close their doors or don't, you know, take items from their car that they're supposed to lock up, things like that, that sometimes, you know, you just can't avoid. But I would like to say overall, I feel like we are a very safe campus and mm-hmm. we are trained well to kind of respond to emergencies. And mm-hmm. like I said, good problem skills, 
good communicating skills, being able to think on your feet and and sort of see what do I do next if if I'm faced with a situation that I haven't yet, you know, dealt exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. Do they provide training for you to go through some of these scenarios or is it just kind of as a need basis? Yes, we do go through some training as well. So mm-hmm. um, with our safety and security department on campus, the other rest life coordinator myself go through some uh, emergency response training. So if you were to have like a lockdown in the school, let's say that we have an external threat mm-hmm. um, from the Milwaukee area. Alverno is located uh, on 43rd between Morgan and Oklahoma. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, banks and stores close by. So let's say somebody was to rob a bank in the area. Um, the police department would notify us right away that, you know, someone might be in the school. So we would go on a lockdown right away. Mm-hmm. So we go through training on how to respond and make sure that the residents are safe. So we are the first responders on campus as the living staff. So we do go through some training on basic medical, how to respond to emergencies and some of those sort of external threats that could probably, you know, happen. Hopefully not. But, right. but right. we're trained. We are prepared and we go through training once a semester. We also like to subscribe and stay in contact with other colleges and universities with their residence life department, mm-hmm. seeing if they see any trends of anything going on within the halls um, mm-hmm. at other schools. Sometimes a trend might start at one school and make its way down to another school so that we're aware of any new popular drugs or, you know, you never know what, what can happen. But just or mm-hmm. if they've dealt with the situation, how did they handle it? If it worked really well, then you know, how do we take yeah, that? exactly. So are there any other opportunities for career advancement within this role? You mentioned that there's you, but then there's also another residence life coordinator and then a director. So is it just kind of, you know, if a director position were to be available or what does that kind of look like? Yes. So usually the way it works is that you would start at some sort of like coordinator position mm-hmm. or assistant director um, if that position would open up. And then ultimately it's director. Mm -hmm. And our director at the college is director of residence life and our associate dean. You know, there's there's opportunities to move up. But Mm -hmm. what I would like to say is that sometimes people don't understand that a lot of these positions working for a college, they are a career. Um, At least I think back of when I was a college student and I was a psych major thinking that I wanted to do something completely different. I thought about maybe becoming an alcohol and drug addiction counselor. I thought Mm -hmm. about going on to pursue my master's in that. And then I realized that I was working with the dean at the college as a student assistant. She mentioned, you know, higher ed is a career. Mm -hmm. So if you work for the advising department, if you work for residence life, if you work for admissions, if you work for student affairs, so any of the departments that are under administration that really make a college run, Mm -hmm. um, that is a career. And I was like, you know what? I never really thought about that. So now there's quite a few master's programs out there for people who are interested in pursuing that more into a director role. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could definitely still pursue that as a career. So what do you absolutely love about this position and overall about your career in general? Sure. What I love is that um, working with college students. So Mm -hmm. I was in their shoes a few years back. And that's one of my favorite parts is that I think they, they always say that as you get older, they always will keep you young. They have lots of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, living in a college, everyone's in a learning environment that's supporting of learning. So we turn everything into a sort of a learning experience. Mm-hmm. So whether it's if a student had an incident with a, with a neighbor over a noise complaint or something, it's how can we teach them some of those life skills that they can take when they leave college? So okay. supporting some of that learning that happens in the classroom outside of the classroom. And that's something that's also really important for people to understand that, yes, it's really important what they're learning in the classroom and the homework that they do, but also those life skills that they're learning outside of the classroom. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to be a homeowner, you're going to have neighbors or you're going to rent an apartment after college and you're going to have neighbors. So how do you deal with some of those issues within the hall that we can teach you how to deal with that 
you know, once you're on your own. Sure. And that's, that's a really good example because no matter where you go, you're probably going to have neighbors. And if you don't live on campus, you might not learn how to handle those situations appropriately in a respectful manner. So my next question kind of leads us to the opposite side of this. So what do you dislike about this role and kind of what kind of challenges does it present? Uh, some of the challenges that you might have in a residence life position is burnout. Mm-hmm. So after usually I would say typically what I've seen is three years, I would say, after somebody's lived on for three years, um, eventually if you pursue marriage with, you know, your partner or you want to have children and maybe the space is not really there or maybe you want to go back to more of that nine to five, that's what you you experience some turnover Mm -hmm. that you're like, maybe it's time for me to really want to, you know, buy a home and uh, move off campus. But I think what has helped me is that I lived on campus for four years. I was there. I had an amazing experience for undergrad. Then I worked and I moved out. And so I was on my own, you know, for two years working in admissions. And Mm -hmm. then I moved back in. So I've been there for a few months now. And so I think that kind of gives you that sort of break in between to kind of be on campus, leave for a couple years and return Mm -hmm. um, with some job experience and sort of a different perspective and being a little bit older um, in this new sort of supervisor role. So but I think it's great to sometimes be able to share um, the other coordinator that lives on campus is married. And so mm-hmm. sometimes you can have your spouse there and children if you like. Um, okay. This is your home. And so they do make it very comfortable for you. So it's also great to be able to share some of that with the college students. I think they always like to know, you know, what are you doing? And they'll try to come over and ask you, what are you making for dinner? And um, <laughs> so it's they, they, look, they like to be part of your life and you like to be part of theirs. So right. and I think that really helps building that that relationship. So. No, you mentioned something that intrigued me. So the other individual that you work with is married. And mm-hmm. so there, that brings a whole another component into it. Mm-hmm. So when you're living on campus and you're married, does that kind of throw a wrench into things? Or is it just kind of like day to day as if you were living in an apartment? I would say, at least from the staff perspective, they treat it as like, this is your home. This is an apartment. So mm-hmm. your apartment usually will be on the first floor, sometimes even separate from the building, but close by. So, for example, at Alverno, both of the apartments are on the first floor of the residence halls. Okay. So you have, you know, more of a easy access in and out of the building so you don't have to go through all the floors. But it's very important for your partner or spouse to know that, you know, when you live on campus, I might get a call at midnight. I might get that call at 2 a.m. when I'm on call and that, you know, I have to respond. I have to go right, right away. So I think it's just more of a matter of communication with, between your partner, mm-hmm. letting them know that, you know, what your job responsibilities are and for them to be able to accept it. So. At least with my boyfriend, he understands that mm-hmm. this is kind of what I do. And he likes being part of it and sort of seeing what it is. And yeah. um, at least for the other person who lives there, I know her. She was at a different institution in a similar role. And so he's kind of used to it. Okay. Um, and we just had a new student orientation last week. And he jumped right in helping us, you know, serve food for the residents and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think to not make it, I guess, as awkward yeah. uh, for the residents, it's good to just incorporate Mm-hmm. Um, your partner, your spouse into what you do into your job so they know who he is. You know, they see his face around campus and just make him part of programming. That way they kind of just know who he is, get to know him. And it's not, if you make it separate where the person never would come to anything, you know, who's that person? He kind of looks like a stranger. Then it yeah. makes it, I guess, more tense okay. uh, for living. Those are some of the great tips for kind of integrating that to make it more of a friendly atmosphere because the people that are living in the halls live there as well. So you're your neighbors. So it's important to know your neighbors. Exactly. So my next question kind of leads to your educational background. You had mentioned that you got your undergrad from Alverno. So Mm -hmm. what kind of education do they really look for when you're in this kind of position and in this role? 
There's no specific major that they'll ask for in undergrad. Mm -hmm. So some people will have a background in business or psychology. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be any kind of degree. But usually what they look for is more some of those skills on campus. So if any student involvement, so Mm -hmm. were you part of a student group? Have you worked in any other college department? That kind of thing. Because I think what really matters is some of those skills that you uh, need to have to be able to work with college students Mm -hmm. and sort of understand what it's like. And for like I was mentioning for the master's, some people will have a degree in anything like educational leadership or administration, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. There's a few uh, universities in the area that do offer a degree very specific in higher ed. So like a student college personnel administration master's, which Mm -hmm. is really higher ed specific, where you're going to get a lot of those student development theories and a lot of the compliance and law courses that I think are necessary for you to know. You know, if you start doing a lot of work with discipline and sanctioning students, you need yeah. to have some of those courses under under your wing. So I think for the masters, it, mm-hmm. you might be able to start in higher ed with um, sort of any degree in undergrad and just some of your experience. And then you'll have to transition into something that's more educational leadership, higher ed, that kind of thing. Okay. So when you were applying for a job, what was like the process? It definitely helps that I was already working. So I did apply internally there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alverno has sort of like, you know, an extensive process where you have to apply internally or externally. So the typical online application Mm -hmm. where you send the resume and the cover letter, that kind of thing. And then they'll call you for a phone interview. Okay. So the phone interview was about 30 minutes. And this kind of has been my experience with most positions is that then you follow up with the phone interview um, where they're going to ask you some of those most specific questions out of your resume, anything that you listed or anything that catches their eye on your cover letter with some follow-up questions. And that was about 30 minutes. And then after that, we kind of waited. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I did get an email saying, hey, we're reviewing other applicants at the moment. You know, we'll stay in contact with you as we go through the process. And I was sort of applying through a holiday, so I had to wait, you know, kind of a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure they go through the same process with other applicants, you know, reviewing their resume, their cover letter, doing Mm -hmm. the phone interview, that kind of thing. Then after that, I was brought in for an interview in person and usually there'll be like a half day or sometimes a full day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, kind of extensive, but I think it's really good because whether you're internal or external, they want to make sure that you're a good fit for the department and mm-hmm. that um, that you like what you're going to be doing. So they'll bring you in to meet with the director and get an overview of the department, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. And then usually you meet with anybody you would be working with in the department as co-workers. Then there's an opportunity to meet with students, which I think is really crucial because that's who you're going to be working with the most is with the students. So they put together a really nice student panel for me to kind of sit down and ask them questions and for them to ask me questions. Like, how do they like to be supervised? What ideas they had for programming? Mm -hmm. Um, They like to know everything about you and see if your personality would be a good fit. And then you would meet with the dean of students and people from other departments like advising, athletics student affairs, student activities, other departments that we work very closely with. So yeah, it's it kind of a panel of interviews throughout the day with different people in different departments. And then they kind of wrap up your day. And then after that, you know, you wait some time for them to kind of get the feedback and the evaluations from each person. And one of the best parts that I got from Alverno is that even though I was offered the position, mm-hmm. they um, before they told me that I was offered the position, they gave me my interview feedback. Oh, really? Which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like, you know, the director called me and, you know, she went on and told me, hey, um, I would like to just let you know what other people thought about you. So some pros and some cons or some things to kind of work on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we thought you were really strong in this area. These are some things to 
to work on, right. that kind of thing, which is really good. I think that was really crucial. And mm-hmm. then after that, you know, I would love to extend a job offer, which was great. But mm-hmm. I think getting that feedback of what are some of those things I could work on, um, whether it's my resume or my cover letter or the way I was answering some of those questions, were they detailed enough, were they not? Mm-hmm. Um that kind of thing. So it was really good. Mm-hmm. You don't always see that with an employer, like giving feedback throughout the interview process. And no, I have to ask because our listeners are high schoolers or college students that are really looking to shape their future. So what kind of compensation can you kind of expect for this job if you were to give it a ballpark? Compensation as just overall, or like if I give it like an overall rating kind of thing, what do you mean? Um, Like a range, like a range, you know, a $10,000 range of what kind of compensation you could expect. And then, I mean, obviously you get the perk of living on campus. So I mm-hmm. imagine that kind of impacts your, uh, what you make because your living expenses are a huge chunk of your income. Yes. So if, with that taken away, does that then affect the compensation for the position? Yes, really good question. This is one of the big, big benefits of having this position. Um, obviously, I think it, it's good for the listeners to know that sometimes um, if you work for a private institution, what the price is versus working for a public institution. So that right. might also make a, make a difference. But I would say that you should expect for an entry-level position and hire it at around 30000 a year for an mm-hmm. entry-level position. And usually, you know, you would get your raise on there from every year. But like, you are, you're totally right. One of the biggest perks about living on campus is that you do not pay rent. So I get, you know, um, my living expenses, utilities, bills, mm-hmm. cable, internet. So if you sit down and add up, you know, how much you would pay of that a month, that's a huge, huge bonus. Right. It kind of, you know, that's sort of the compensation you get for sometimes getting those 2 a.m. phone calls or those, mm-hmm. you know, midnight weekend phone calls um, is maybe after this, I would like to buy a home and get married right. and start a family. So it's a great way to, to be able to do that. Right. And now we are running out of time. So just to wrap the show up, do you have any final pieces of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners on becoming a residential life coordinator? Sure. Uh, The last piece of advice I would like to get is that it's really crucial for students if you are in high school or in college to get involved in high school. Join a student group, join a club. Um, Those skills are going to look great on your resume besides, you know, having a part-time job somewhere or if you work full-time. Another piece of advice is to never stop volunteering. Even Mm -hmm. now as a graduate student, I always try to find some community work that I like or something to always, always volunteer. Keep your skills growing keep adding to your resume, uh, do things outside of work, do things not, you know, that you want to do because you like to do them mm-hmm. and not because you're getting paid to do them. And that will always guide your career maybe in a different direction as well. So get involved and don't stop volunteering. So, And with that last piece of advice, that wraps up our show for I Want to Be A. So thank you for joining us and sharing your experience and expert advice, Vanessa. We do appreciate it. Sure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, you can send me an email at aljanradio at localjobnetwork.com or shoot us a tweet at the LJN. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I'll see you next time.